Okay. Okay. Hi. So the next thing we've learned is that it's about relationships, not events. Another way of saying this is about people, not programs. And that may sound obvious, um, but actually, if you've been involved in kind of church work in any way, you can get used to the rhythm that it's about the next push, it's about the next kind of event. Um, and all too often, this can become kind of a replacement for, for real relationships with people. And, you know, if they don't respond, well, it's just because we're in a, a sinful generation, you know, and they're, they're just not responding to our, our, our good news. Um, but actually, if you look at the way Jesus did it, uh, he was way more concerned about kind of the whole person and, and their whole lives than, than just kind of um, where they ended up when they died. Uh, so here's... In this next clip is Sherry Parnell just talking about her own uh, experience of, of relationships becoming more important than events. Sherry Parnell and I volunteer at Christchurch House, the hostel here in Ipswich, with the group called Impact. We've been thinking about relational living, and when we look at the life of Jesus, we don't see Jesus, when he was here on earth, trying to get people into the temple to a special event or to go and hear some great inspirational rabbi. Rather, we see him sharing his life with his friends. He spent time with those friends, sharing a meal, visiting other people, listening to those friends, asking them questions, and really sharing his life with them, living his life with them. What I've found, and, and the others who volunteer at Christchurch House, is that it's in developing those relationships and befriending these young people which has been so meaningful to them. By faithfully coming in each week and sharing a meal, it has really, I think, spoken quite dramatically into these young people's lives where in their own lives they have been rejected and often have been failed by those who ought to have taken care of them. So we have sought to show them respect, kindness, but most of all the love of Jesus, seeking to follow the pattern of our Lord. Forming these type of relationships speaks volumes to young people who are really unlikely to find any good reason to go into a church. We aren't cool. I speak for myself. I'm not cool. But that isn't what's drawing these young people. What's really fascinating and, and thrilling is that when we first came in, there was wariness, there was some reluctance, and a lot of, sort of reserve about who we were coming in. What we're now seeing is the young people waiting for us, some of them actually waiting at the door for us to come in, which is fantastic. Um, the leader of Impact D had a long chat with a young man uh, a few months ago, and he's continued to come each week. And he said this very recently. He said, I've been thinking about what you've all said to me, and I've been wondering if this is true. And if it is true, I was wondering whether I might want this. And we're just so delighted that we've had this opportunity to be part of that. Thank you.
So the next thing that we've been learning about uh, is about mission being a lifestyle, uh, a way of life, and not just something extra that you bolt on to everything else that you do in your life. I love the way that uh, Romans 12 in the message puts it, that uh, it talks about our everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking about kind of life. And that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. Um, we've been hearing, haven't we, that church kind of has separated out mission and, and my everyday life so that we've kind of separated it a little bit. But Jesus wants us to carry our mission with us, his mission with us, wherever we go, whatever we do. So trying to bolt on doing a missional community to everything else you do actually doesn't work very well. And we've been hearing that. And, and uh, we're going to hear from Matt uh, about his experience of that. and I'm uh, one of the leaders of uh, Sidegate Family Community. Um, I'd just like to tell you a little bit about um, my journey so far. Um, whilst none of us have much time um, to do anything extra into our lives, um, without laying something down, I'm the same. Um, when we started our mission of community, I had to make sure that um, I laid some other stuff down. So I stopped doing some church activities that I was always doing, but it quickly became apparent that that actually wasn't enough. Um, there was still um, not enough time in the day. I needed to change the way uh, of thinking about mission. I realised as well that we didn't actually have to go out uh, looking for new areas um, to influence with God. Um, He was already in the areas where we were. Um, For example, our neighbours are really lovely people. They've been our people of peace and we've been blessed with so many opportunities of having contact with them and just sharing food and sharing fun, um, parties in the garden, Christmas um, drinks and games, that kind of thing. Um, and Joe as well already goes to the playground every day of the week. She's always making regular contact, always chatting to people there. And more than often than not, these talks uh, turn into like extended coffee and uh, more chat. And many, many people have opened themselves up uh, to chat to Joe. Um, whilst this was going on, actually, I was feeling quite frustrated that I couldn't add anything to uh, the missional community as I spent most of my time at work. Um, it took me a while, but I realised that I had to change my focus. Um, God could use me where I was already. And even though it didn't feel to me that it was part of um, our vision uh, of a local area, um, I still uh, made the commitment to try and include God in in my work. Um, And what happened was was brilliant, actually. I was able to share my faith a lot more. Um, He's blessed the place I work with lots and lots of opportunities, um, including um, the people I'm responsible for coming around to my house, uh, for coffee and cake and just having a nice uh, family time, actually. Uh, God has made links uh, between my work and my family and the neighbourhood where I live that I could never even think of, um, including people that have left but still made contact with me. Um, loads of things that God has, God has done with that. So um, I'm keeping trusting in him and he's using me where I already am.
um, Matt's found that he had to stop doing some stuff um, that he was doing in church in order to lead a missional community. Uh, and that's absolutely right. Um, we've spoken about Oikos already and how much time that takes. Uh, and the whole missional community thing takes a lot of commitment. It's not just a fortnightly or weekly event. It's building a community, and that takes time. And our missional community leaders are grappling with that, and uh, all of us are uh, just seeing the level of commitment that that needs for us to live that really missional, authentic lifestyle. And that's a bit of a change for us. I'm just going to hand over to Scott. Thanks. So the next thing God's been teaching us as we've gone along this journey is about people of peace. Uh, We often kind of associate... Uh, evangelism, you know, we think it's going to be quite hard. Uh, and if it's not hard, you know, no pain, no gain. Um, and we just, we just plow on and do it anyway. It goes back to that kind of relationships, not events. That's not the way it should be done. Sometimes, um, doing it that way is more about us than it is about the people we're trying to reach. You know, we're trying to earn our, our salvation, um, whether it, it's hard or not. And actually, again, if we look at the way Jesus did things, uh, that wasn't how he did them. Uh, Luke 10, especially, he kind of gives us the instructions for, for his way of doing things. He sent out the 72, uh, which incidentally in New Testament speak is about kind of a church-sized uh, group, and he sent them out and he said, uh, you go into the house first, say peace to this house, and if a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him, if not, it will return to you. And if there isn't a person of peace there, basically you just wipe wipe dust off your feet, you carry on to the next town. And that takes a lot of faith that actually those people are up to God and 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 uh, it's up to him what, what happens. Um, yeah, so when we were looking for the, the, the image to go with people of peace, we actually decided on a kind of handyman because a person of peace isn't just someone that welcomes you. It's not just someone who's open to the message. Actually, they might actively... Uh, help you spread the message, even though they haven't taken on a, 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 a commitment of faith themselves yet. Anyway, to explain a bit more about this and his own experience is uh, John Ducker. street team but one of the ways that I've found to identify a person of peace um, is one of the chaps who was coming down to us every week we talked to him made friends with him he was telling us about his his problems and his issues and his general life from encouragement from the other guys on the team uh, we've been trying to just really casually ask if they would like any prayer for those problems and issues so one day I just mentioned to him at the end of our conversation would me like would you like me to pray for any of the problems that we've talked about and he nearly jumped out of his seat to say yes we, we prayed and it was great god was there he went away he carried on praying he came back the next week we started talking more about prayer more about answered prayer more about god i now know he's he's praying for himself and he's praying for us which is lovely um now with People of peace, don't get worried about the words uh, with all of this stuff. Just think of the concept, who might be open 
to, to God and who might be open to what we're trying to do. And if they are and they accept offers to prayer, fantastic. And if they're not, that's absolutely fine. We're not trying to bang these people, you know, suffocate them with the gospel. We're just trying to be there to spread God's love. This is the last thing that we wanted to share with you uh, about what we've been learning, and it's really important, and it's really difficult, and it's that leaders go first. So Paul writes, doesn't he, and he asks the church to imitate him. Now that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? He, He wants them to imitate him. Well, it's because when he was with them, they will have learnt how to live the Christian life by watching how he did it. And that's what we've been learning. And it's a challenge to all of us. And we're going to hear from somebody who's had to learn the hard way about this. The New Testament's really clear about how we are to lead, the kind of leadership that creates disciples and helps people learn and grow in their faith and in community. Think about what Jesus did for a moment with me. Jesus didn't tell the disciples a whole load of stuff and just send them out to get on with it and then come back and tell him how they got on. What Jesus actually did was to show them, was to lead by example, was to get them go with him, to see what he was doing, to work alongside him. It was all about creating that environment where they could have a go and learn by watching his example. The Apostle Paul was just the same. In fact, he would even write to some of his church congregations and say, I want you to imitate me. I want you to do what I've been doing as I imitate Christ. Again, it was leading by example. In fact, at the end of the New Testament, when Paul is handing things over to one of his great disciples, Timothy, he says to Timothy, uh, remember how you examined my way of life. You watched how I lived and therefore you learned how to be a disciple as well. So leadership is all about being the example to others. In other words, leaders must go first. I just wanted to share a few ways in which that touches me personally and carry to in our family and our lives as we seek to to work out what it is to lead those around us and for me to be leading this church too. Think about Oikos for a moment, this extended family set of relationships that we read about in the Bible. We see how important they are in the Bible for developing disciples, that social space, those sets of relationships so key to the spread of the gospel. About 10 years ago, uh, Kerry and I started uh, developing extended family relationships. We had no idea back then how strategic that was going to be for us as a family and also for all that we're leading in here at Burlington. We've developed that over the years and now we're way more intentional about it than we've ever been. Just this last weekend, there are about 30 or more people in our house sharing a meal and praying together as we seek to live out this extended family that Jesus models and uh, with his disciples. And then we see Paul modelling in his missionary journeys. Something else, too, that we've been involved in over these last few years, we're using huddles as a way to coach our missional community leaders 
What's really important about Huddle, or, or one of the things that's really important about Huddle is challenge. We want to challenge people to listen to what God is saying. We want to challenge people then to go and actually do, to put into practice what they believe God is saying to them. We, we want to be on each other's case. We don't want to let each other off the hook. It's the kind of challenge we see Jesus and his disciples. I think it's important for us all to understand that I'm not just the one giving the challenge. I too am in a huddle of my own. Uh, I meet with senior leaders from around the country on Skype every two weeks where in that huddle I am being challenged to listen to what God is saying, to put into practice what he's asking of me. And they as a group and the leader of that huddle, they don't let me off the hook either. I'm being challenged as, uh, as we try and create this culture of, uh, of challenging one another to put into practice what Jesus said. And then one thing for me through this year, 2013, that I really uh, am looking for a personal breakthrough, uh, and that's in this whole area of people of peace. What we desperately need is for all of us to be recognising and building relationships with our people of peace. If that's the culture that we want, if that's what we're going for, then again, leaders need to go first. It needs to be uh, what, what we're all doing and all engaged in. So for me personally this year, developing my people of peace is really important. Firstly, obviously for me as a disciple of Jesus, really important that I, I'm putting into practice what I read in the New Testament, but equally important too that uh, uh, as we, uh, uh, as a whole community are involved, as I lead this whole community, that we're all learning in this together. So 2013 for me is about de- developing, recognising more clearly my people of peace, getting into a life rhythm of how I engage with them and build relationship with them more successfully and more intentionally, how I pray for them, how I witness and share my faith with them, how I draw them into my family, my extended family, my community, and all of these things. So for me, again, in this whole era of people of peace, uh, it's really important that we lead by example and uh, really important that we see this worked out in, in each of our lives as we learn and grow together. Leaders go first. Poor Simon's cringing, watching himself on the, on the film there, as everybody else is. I just want to take the opportunity, we're, we're nearly finished now, and I'm going to hand over to Simon in a minute. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for all the people who've been brave enough to come and speak up here, who are brave enough to be filmed, who've contributed in lots of different ways. Um, you'll be able to speak to uh, lots of the missional community leaders in different ways later. There are loads of stories we could have shared with you, but, you know, time is limited. Um, please uh, find out more from them. Simon's just going to finish us off now. Haha, <laughs> 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 so funny. Um, <laughs> Okay, what we want to think about just for for one minute, literally one minute, like 60 seconds, with the person next to you or around you, what is your burning question for a missional community leader? So what is the question that is uh, grown in your heart over this last hour or so? And we'll unpack ways you might find answers to that question uh, after lunch. But just turn and share. What would be the one question you're left asking uh, of yourself uh, this morning? Go. Go.